Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Though it may be known as America's pastime, baseball has spread across the world. Though the MLB is trying to come back, there is still some money to be made overseas, and Greg Peterson is going worldwide to hit a grand slam for your bankroll. From the return of baseball in the States to daily KBO picks, all the bases covered on the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson. So here is the international king of swing. A special hello, welcome to lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. We've got a great podcast for you. As you heard in the intro, we're going to be covering the KBO every single day in which there are games. So we've got a full slate tonight in the final segment. Going to give you a side in total on all five games on the KBO betting board. In the second segment, we're going to be inviting in a good friend of the podcast from last year, Matt McCarthy. He works for 98.5, the Sports Hub in Boston. We're going to talk to him about the fact that we're probably going to see a universal designated hitter if we do wind up getting MLB baseball back. We've been hearing a lot of rumors that it's going to be starting up July 1st. We're going to be speculating as to what we might see from the MLB season and we're going to also talk a little bit to see if there's any takeaways that the MLB can use from what we've been seeing in the KBO these first couple days. So that is going to be a lot of fun and like you guys know from the podcast yesterday, we are going to be giving you guys essentially a worldwide view of baseball now on this podcast. We've rebranded last year with MLB Overtime Betting. Obviously we are hoping and praying that baseball returns to the state, but you know what? We've got baseball right in front of us. We saw five games on the betting board yesterday, so let's take a look back at what we all noticed from the KBO on, I guess you could call it Friday morning. They were at a 5.30 a.m. Eastern, 2.30 a.m. Pacific first pitch, so let's give you guys what we all saw from the KBO action yesterday. A game from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. We did see a bit of a stunner on Friday morning as the KT Wiz, who is going to be known on this podcast as the KT Blobs because their mascot looks like a big, giant, smiling blob. They were able to get a tremendous win over the Doosan Bears by kind of 12-3. This was a pretty big upset as KT closed in a lot of shots. Little bit south of $2 underdogs. They were right around like plus 180, plus 190, depending on where you got it. And it was 18-year-old So Yang Zhan who wound up being able to give the team five solid innings. He gave up two runs and he gave up both those runs in the first two innings. He settled down from there and the fifth inning is where KT did their damage. They put up a six spot. So they got a touchdown without the field goal. It was just not a good showing for Young Ki Kwan. He wound up going four innings in this one, gave up five runs, all of which were earn for Doosan. Last year, he was 11-8 and with a 3.25 ERA before his career, before the 2019 season. Had never necessarily been great. 33-year-old pitcher. Perhaps last year was a little bit of a flash in the pan as KT was really able to rough him up. And for KT, they were really able to do it with the small ball, but they were able to get one dinger in this game that was from 
a gentleman from the States by the name of Mel Rojas. So he was able to go deep for his first home run in the KBO for the 2020 season. So KT was able to get the upset win there. Kia wound up falling to 0-4 the first year under Matt Williams for the Kia Tigers has not been going as playing the Samsung Lions. They entered into this game 0-3 and they were able to get a victory. Drew Gagion, who many of you guys may remember being a pitcher for the Mets that had a career ERA hovering right around 9. Well, he didn't necessarily do the best in this game, but he also did not get any help from the fielding as well. There was just an atrocious error. I believe it was in the second inning. Might have been in the fourth inning, but Taylor made double play. He should have been out of the inning, but instead they had runners on first and third. Samsung was able to extend their lead, and the Kia Tigers were able to muster anything. Choi Che Hung wound up going five innings in this one. He gave up only one hit, but he surrendered five walks. But give the Samsung Lions some credit out of the bullpen. They go four strong innings. They don't give up a single run, so they were really able to hold down the fourth there. And for the Kia Tigers, what we've also noticed from this team, as I mentioned the air a little bit earlier, they've had the worst infield play when it comes to fielding out there in the KBO, which is very interesting because Matt Williams, back when he was playing for the Giants, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Yep, it is that Matt Williams, the former Washington Nationals manager. He was a gold glover, so that was certainly interesting. And the big takeaway from this game, Tyler Saladino, the former Milwaukee Brewers, not so great, who had less than 200 for the Brew Crew during the 2019 season, but did hit two grand slams last year. He wound up going deep. He had an absolute moonshot off of Gagion. That was his first home run out there in the KBO, so Samsung was able to get the job done there. The Kiwoom Heroes were able to win and cover the run line against the Hanwha Eagles by a count of 5-3. to three. For the Eagles, they were really trying to soar in the seventh inning. They were down by a count of 3-0 to zero going into that inning. They were able to put a three spot on the board, and that was thanks to a nice home run by Usung Jung. He was able to go deep in this one, and this is someone that was not expected to give the team a whole heck of a lot this year. He has hit 230 or lower in four out of his last five years. This was his first home run of the campaign. He entered with 13 career home runs in, I believe it was, 11 or 12 seasons in the KBO, so... Certainly, that was a little bit of unexpected production for the Hanwha Eagles, who seems to be one of the lesser teams when it comes to offense out there in the KBO, but the Heroes were able to strike back for two runs in the seventh inning as well, so they were able to get the win. And in this one for Hanwha, they were able to get a pretty decent pitching performance out of the bullpen. Their bullpen went three strong. They gave up two runs. It was K. Bumso who wound up giving up the run in the seventh inning that really cost them. And when you take a look at Kiwoom, this is a team that was able to get a pretty solid start themselves out of Lee Sung-oh, this is someone that's only 21 years old. He really came along for the Heroes during the 2019 season. He posted about a 4-5 ERA, but he really closed out the season on a Fury. And in this one, he wound up going a little bit over six innings, and he only gave up two runs. So, certainly a good sign for the Heroes. What else is a very good sign is that the Dinos just keep on mashing. They have really been the darlings of the KBO so far this year. They take down the LG Twins by a count of 13-5. to For some reason, NC was a little bit of an underdog going into this one. There were a lot of people that were bullish on Tyler Wilson, who we remember spent a little bit of time out here in the States, and he got roughed up in this one. He just could not get out of the fifth inning to save his life as the NC Dinos were able to hang a touchdown without the extra point in that fifth inning to really bust the game open. And for the NC Dinos, they wound up going deep twice in this one and both came out of the two spot. King Jin Sung, he wound up going deep for his first home run of the year. And for that matter, fourth home run of his career. So a little bit of unexpected power there. And then prior to that, Lee Ming Ji, he wound up going deep. This is someone that is a guy that doesn't necessarily go deep either. 24 career home runs prior to Friday morning's game, but a career 314 hitter. You've got a lot of guys on the dinos that do a great job of being able to get on base. I mentioned yesterday, Park Min Woo. He is one of the more underrated players that you're going to find out there in the KBO. This is someone that has hit at least 324 in each out of the last four years. He really is a straw that serves a drink for the dinos. And what has been really good for the dinos is the fact that their bullpen has really come through in spades. They wind up going three and a third innings in this one. They give up just one run. Li Jing Hak wound up having a little bit of a rough go of it at the starting spot. He winds up going five and a third innings. He gives up four runs, all of which were earned, but 
outdone by him was the fact that the LG Twins and their bullpen was just absolutely atrocious. They wind up giving up a grand total of six runs in three and two-thirds innings of relief. So the Dinos wind up going to 4-0. And then things were wrapped up by a little bit of a gas canning by the SK Wyverns. We are all looking for who will be the Fernand. Oh, no! Rodney of the KBO. Perhaps SK might have a little bit of it as they wound up getting... A pretty solid start. Moon Sing Wan wound up getting a bit roughed up in the sixth inning. He only was able to go five and two-thirds. He gave up four runs. But the bullpen from there, they just wound up lighting the game on fire. They give up five runs. They lose the game in the tenth inning as the Lotte Giants. At one point in this game, they were down. And they were down big by a count of eight to three. And one of the more notable players in the history of Korean baseball, he wound up putting up three RBI in this game. He's one of the higher paid players out there in the KBO. And if if this name sounds familiar, it's because he spent the 2016 season in Seattle with the Mariners. Day Ho Lee. He winds up coming up with three RBI and a home run as the Giants go deep four times in the KBO, considering no team averaged at least one home run per game last season. And the fact that the ball was dejuiced during the middle of the 2019 season. This is almost the equivalence of going deep like six or seven times in a normal MLB game. So it was absolutely insane. And what we're also noticing is that Dick Dixon Machado is really ripping it up for the Lotte Giants. He spent last year out in AAA with the Iowa Cubs. He is hitting 400 so far this year. He goes deep in this one. That is his second of the campaign. It looks like he's going to be a very good fit in the KBO. And out there with the Lotte Giants, they really had a little bit of a rough go of it at the beginning of the game, but they wind up getting the last three inning scoreless from their bullpen. So that was a way that they were able to get the job done. And Lotte, who was dead last in the KBO last year, now out to a 4-0 start. So that is what we all saw from the KBO on Friday morning. It's still very odd to say that considering these games start at like 2.30 a.m. Pacific, 5.30 a.m. Eastern. So I'm going to need to make that dissemination. Something I nearly neglected to do was go to the Twitter mailbag as always. If you have a question for this podcast, just with regards to KBO stats in general, KBO betting, as I mentioned on the podcast yesterday, you actually don't bet pitcher dependent for most books when it comes to the KBO. I know that Pinnacle lets you bet pitcher dependent, but with that said, they're pretty much the only book you're only betting on the team typically when it comes to places like Circus Sports, your bet online, your five dimes is even the William Hills of the world. So do want to make that note, but I know that a lot of you guys at Universe 41 asked me where you're able to get these games. And I know that Twitch was airing a lot of the games that are not available on ESPN. ESPN has been giving you pretty much one game every single day, but I know that a couple of us have been looking for some live streams. And if you look on Twitter and you see someone post live hyphen stream 365.com, and then they've got their online player with the links to these teams, it actually has been working for me. So for some of you guys are looking for the non ESPN games, that is the best advice that I can give you. I didn't use the sounder because I've had like so many people asking me about this. So if you have further questions with regards to the KBO, and I'm sure that many of you guys do, don't be afraid to fire it in. And like I always say, don't send them by a DM because the letters DM to me mean does not matter. But if you send them into the timeline, more than happy to give you a nice thorough answer on this podcast. This is a all world podcast. We focus on the KBO in the first segment. In the second segment, we're going to be taking a look at where we stand with the MLB trying to come back. We're going to be inviting on our good buddy from 98.5, the Sports Hub, Matt McCarthy. And that is on the other side right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. Greg is calling in a pinch hitter from the Overtime Network Hotline. We're back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson, and it is great to have on our next guest. He joined me a lot during the 2019 season, and even though the MLB is on hiatus, he's doing a great job of covering all sorts of baseball. He does so for 98.5 The Sports Hub. He is someone that hosts the podcast Hardcore Baseball, a part of the podcast home of 98.5 The Sports Hub, and you can follow him on Twitter, at McCarthy. 98.5, and that is just all together as it is. Matt McCarthy joining me right here on the podcast. And Matt, great to have you aboard, my friend. How are you? Greg, always good to be on with you. Wish we were talking about a season that was actually happening right now, but I guess it is what it is. 
Yep. Good news is we do have baseball. Bad news is it's happening about 5,000 miles away. So we at the very least have something. But with that said, it does sound like the MLB is very committed to giving us some sort of a season. What kind of a season we're going to be getting at this point is anyone's guess. We've seen the rumors that Trevor Plouffe and now Jeff Passan are tweeting out there that it looks like baseball is looking to try to get things gassed up for right around the beginning of July. And what I think is going to be interesting is I think that the MLB is probably taking notes of what has all been happening out in Taiwan and out in South Korea as maybe a little bit of a blueprint. Because we recall at first they were sort of having the proposals of which everything would happen in Arizona and then you had it spaced out between Arizona and Florida. Now we're seeing sort of the three-region plan in which you'd have the east, west, and central. And I do think that that's the best plan because we're taking a look at everything that's happening in South Korea. Now, obviously, it's a little bit different. South Korea, not as big of a country as, say, the United States. I think the longest road trip is 250 miles. But I do think that that's the best way of going about it because if you would put everything in one hub, if one guy gets infected... Well, that could really put the entire season in barrel, whereas if you have this regional plan, obviously it's not good, but at the same time, I would think that it's easier to recover from it. Yeah, and I think the thing I like about this plan is that it cuts down to the divisions, and I think baseball's had a real problem with too many divisions really since going back to 1995. Division races aren't a thing anymore, so if we're talking about three divisions across all of baseball, you know, that creates more competition not only for say, the wild card spots, which is really where the only competition is in the baseball regular season right now, but that creates competition for those top spots in those three divisions. Like, you're going to have more good teams per division than you've had in baseball in a long, long time, and I think that creates more competition for a shortened regular season. Like, people say that the baseball regular season is too long. I say that the baseball regular season isn't competitive enough to justify its length. Years ago, think about it, like, The baseball season was 154 games, but the way you went to the World Series was you won the American League or you won the National League outright over the course of 154 games. And, you know, oftentimes you'd have situations where it came down to the final weekend. There's drama. You know, you think about 67, you think about 64, like 60, like all these great baseball races, true pennant races that's gone by the wayside. So I think that might be one of the benefits to this plan. And I don't think it's something people are talking about enough is the division element. Those three divisions, 10 teams in each division, that's much more competitive than what you have now. I agree with you, and I'm very lucky to be a Milwaukee Brewers fan, as every time the Brewers have gotten into the postseason, it's been very, very competitive. We all remember what happened in 2007, the game 163 a few years ago, so that's a little bit more of the exception rather than the norm, as we do have Matt McCarthy joining me right here on the podcast, and if we do wind up getting... The three regions I was talking about, the East, the West, and the Central, what that would mean is that you also have American League teams and National League teams mashing together. You'd have essentially the American League and National League East, the American League Central and the National League Central. Obviously, there's going to be a little bit of mixing and matching, but that's relatively what you're going to be happening. And I think that it was going to lead to a universal designated hitter. What is sort of your thoughts on it? Because you come from a little bit more of the American League side of things, being that you're out there in the city of Boston. I'm a little bit more of a National League guy because my main team is the Milwaukee Brewers. And I do think that this is something that was going to be coming about within the next couple of years. I just think that these circumstances has essentially sped this up a bit. Yeah, I'm actually kind of a baseball purist. I love the National League style of play. I love the double switches. I like the pitcher hitting. Like, even though I come from an American League city, I'm a fan of an American League team. I've always been a big fan of the National League style of play. I do think eventually that universal DH is what we will have in baseball. I personally dislike that as a baseball purist, but I think I'm probably in the minority on that, which is why I think this eventually happens. It's interesting. I hadn't really thought of that element, you know, just because I I think we're so used to the fact that, listen, it's been 50 years, essentially, since the designated hitter came in. I didn't even really think of that when you were talking about combining entire league into three divisions. It would have to be universal DH. And you feel like that would lead to maybe universal DH, say, in 2021 or 2022 after the CBA. You know, they come up with a new agreement, hopefully. I know that National League owners and National League people, some of them have been opponents of that, which is why it hasn't happened yet. I would stand strong with them. But I think it's it's only a matter of time until there's a universal DH in baseball. I'm right there with you. I do like the double switches. I do love seeing like Brandon Woodruff getting a home run off of Clayton Kershaw and things <laughs> or like Bartolo that. Or Bartolo Colon. Bartolo, yes. you know, we're recording this on the on the fourth anniversary 
of one of the great moments in baseball history, Bartolo Colon, the natural Roy Hobbs himself, you know, hitting one out at Petco Park off of James Shields. Like, who doesn't want that moment? And the most embarrassed pitcher in the history of baseball, James Shields. Says. <laughs> we do have Ben McCarthy joining me right here on the podcast. Says, I know that you're out there in the city of Boston as well. And one thing that I noticed about Boston is that Towards the end of the 2019 season, it was very interesting because we noticed that the Boston Red Sox, they were just completely bereft of starting pitching. So they were having to go with a little bit of a Johnny Wholesale approach in the last month and a half, two months of the season. And I honestly think that the fact that they went through that might help them out a little bit in a condensed 2020 season. Because well, I think that this layoff is hurting the worst is these starting pitchers because when you take a look at this quarantine, what are you really able to do right now if you're someone that's in the major leagues? Everything is shut down. You're able to maybe play some long toss and things like that, but a lot of these guys, they don't have access to guys that are playing in the major leagues. So you've got like Garrett Cole playing catch with his wife. You've got other guys that they're playing catch with their son. And if you're a starting pitcher, you're probably not going to be putting a 95 mile per hour ball on like your eight year old son. Unless if there's something going on that we probably don't want to know about. I think that that's going to lead to at the beginning of the year, a lot of these starters just not going to be able to go very deep. We are going to have that spring training ramp up. It's probably going to be something like three to four weeks. We're still waiting word on that, but I do think that when you take a look at the beginning of the year, teams that have a strong bullpen and just have good overall depth with regards to their pitching rotation, I think that those are the teams that are going to get off to these hot starts. Yeah, unfortunately for the Red Sox, they don't have either one of those things. They don't have a good bullpen or a good starting rotation. Maybe this helps teams that that frankly aren't as good or don't have as much pitching depth. Maybe this somehow serves as a bit of an evening out you know, between the teams that have elite starting pitching or an elite bullpen or just elite pitching in general, you know, maybe those pitchers aren't ready to go. And I, and I think that's certainly a fair question. But I think, you know, once you get towards the end of the season, these guys will be fresh. And in fact, they'll be more fresh than like a regular 162 game season. So I think maybe it benefits weaker teams at the beginning, but teams that actually have a strong pitching staff. I think I think a lot of these guys are going to be strong come October, November, whenever we're playing the playoffs. And honestly, I think that that actually leads to a couple parallels that we saw at the beginning of the 2019 season because we saw guys like Max Scherzer, Jacob DeGrom. They had a couple rough starts at the beginning of the year, and then we were calling like August, September, and in the case of the Washington Nationals, October, they were just firing at all cylinders. And heck, I think the Detroit Tigers, through 28 games, they were only a game below 500. We remember the Seattle Mariners. Somehow, some way, got off to a 13-2 start. How that happened, nobody knows. I think it's one of the great mysteries in the history of baseball starts, but I think we could see something very similar in the 2020 season, and with the season being condensed, it could allow a team like the Mariners to be able to hold in there a little bit longer because if you wind up having a good 40-game start, that's almost half the season right there if you have a 100-game season. Yeah, you know, it's going to be such a different type of baseball season because baseball is a marathon, not a sprint, right? But it's going to feel like more of a sprint than really ever before, than anything we can ever remember. And the question is, does that create more drama? Does that create more intensity? Does that create more competition in baseball? I would tend to think yes, and I certainly hope yes as a baseball fan. Totally agree with you as we do have Matt McCarthy of 98.5 The Sports Hub joining me right here on the podcast. And I've been asking all my guests this. Is there a team or two that's under the radar that you think could have a big 2020 season? Because obviously, I think that the teams that benefit the most are the teams that were a little bit banged up. The Houston Astros with Justin Verlander being unlikely to go opening day. He should be now good to go. The New York Yankees. They were all sorts of injured during spring training. They've now had a chance to heal up. But I do think that there are some interesting teams out there that might have a shot to be able to make things interesting, like the Cincinnati Reds. I look at the Chicago White Sox, Toronto Blue Jays, teams like this. Is there a team or two that you think is flying under the radar that could make some noise? I mean, you know, the White Sox, a team that obviously has been building towards something in the last few years, you know, let's see if it materializes, particularly in a short season. I do like Cincinnati. I feel like Cincinnati is kind of the sexy pick. You know, I mean, you look at, you know, how they performed in the second half of the year last year. Maybe you compare them to Philadelphia from 2017, where the Phillies had a really bad first half, strong second half, and then they had a really good 2018, where ultimately they just missed the playoffs. But I think Cincinnati could, you know, could replicate that. And then, you know, you look at teams again, you know, to your point, shorter season, teams that rely a little bit more on their bullpen. You know, I could see Tampa Bay certainly benefiting from this. They're obviously not a sleeper team. They've won 90 games the last two years. They're certainly better than, you know, the Red Sox in the American League East, that's for sure. So, 
I could see a team like the Rays really benefiting from a short, condensed schedule because they can get creative. I think this benefits in many ways the smaller market, the more creative teams. So, you know, I lean towards those teams to, you know, potentially have a a pretty good 2020 season, whatever that may be. I'm right there with you. And as we know with the Tampa Bay Rays, you've got just great overall depth with regards to pitching. That is something that I'm certainly going to be looking for in this condensed season. And the Rays, they certainly fit that bill. And a man that fits the bill for doing an absolutely terrific job of keeping up with everything baseball. That'd be you, Matt. Would like to close it up with this. Let the good people at home know where they can find you on social media and just what you're all doing right now. Since I know that obviously the MLB is on hiatus, but we've got a couple other leagues across the world that are heating up. And I know that you're doing a great job of keeping up with a little bit of everything. Yeah, check me out on Twitter at Matt McCarthy985, obviously kind of on hiatus, you know, when it comes to baseball being on hiatus, but I'll be back when when baseball is back. So, Greg, always good to be on with you. Terrific. Always great to get Matt McCarthy on the podcast, our good buddy from the city of Boston. So, big thanks to him for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson. And coming up next, it is that time to give you a side to total on every game on the KBO betting board as we touch them all. Welcome back to the Baseball Betting Podcast with Greg Peterson as we're off to a quality start. And now it's time to walk it off in a grand fashion. And we are back here in lovely Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Podcast with myself, Greg Peterson. Big thanks to Matt McCarthy of 98.5 The Sports Hub for joining me in the last segment. Now it is that time of the podcast in which I give you a side in total on every game on today's KBO Betting Board. Actually, Tomorrow's KBO betting board as these games are going to be taking place on Saturday at 1 a.m. Pacific, 4 a.m. Eastern. I still have not made that adjustment. We are going to get it down within, I would think, early June, hopefully. But you guys can all laugh at me until then. But with that said, let's give you a side in total on every game that we're going to be seeing for, I guess you could call it the next crop of KBO games as we touch them all. It is time to throw up the K for today's KBO picks as Greg is going to give you a side and total on every one of them. So let's touch them all. Note that any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at GUnit underscore 81. We've got these all locked in, good to go, and... We went 6-4 and four in our first day of giving out KBO picks. If you wound up taking the picks, you probably made anywhere between, I would say, 2.5 to 2.75 units. So, so far, so good. And we are actually going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order. I know that Circus Sports has some rotation numbers for us. I know that places like Five Dimes, Bet Online, everything like that, they actually use the same rotation numbers. So that helps keep a little bit of consistency. So if you're following along at home, that is the order that we are going to be going in. And we are going to be starting at the top of the KBO betting board. And that is with 304-601, 304-602. The Samsung Lions are going to be playing also the Kia Tigers. The Kia Tigers, as it stands at Circus Sports, are even money. Seeing them at a couple books, more around minus 105. If you're looking at the Samsung Lions, going to be Playing anywhere between minus 120 and I'm seeing as high as minus 130 out there. Total on this game at circa is nine. The over is juice of minus 115. The under is minus 105. And there is a very wide range on this as well because if you take a look at DraftKings, they've actually got the total on this at 10. The over is juice of minus 107. The under is minus 120. So obviously less than favorable juice. And then we're seeing a couple nine and a out there as well. So you're seeing a wide range. I am someone that I am taking a look at the over and I wound up firing in on the over of nine. I would still take nine and a half at 10. I would start to be looking at the under though. I do think that 10 is a little bit rich for my blood. But with that said, when you take a look at the Kia Tigers, they are going to be trotting out. I'm Ki Young. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at Samsung, Won Tae-in is going to begin the start. And Mr. Won Tae-in is someone that wound up going 4-8 and eight during the 2019 season. Has already made a relief appearance. So this is someone that he's probably not going to wind up giving great lengths. But towards the end of the 2019 season, things really came along for him. He gave the team at least 5 innings in 6 out of his last 8 appearances. So that was something that was very promising. And if you take a look at his most recent 10 appearances dating back to last year, well, it's not necessarily the best 831 ERA, but most of that was jacked up because he just wound up getting lit up like a Christmas tree against Tucson, but this is someone that, against Kia, has not necessarily been great, but he's not necessarily been awful. He does give up the long ball. He's given up right around one home run per nine innings, so you do want to note that one home run per nine innings out in the KBO is actually quite a bit, but he does have a little bit of versatility, and I do like the fact that the Samsung Lions had a very good showing on the bullpen yesterday. Meanwhile, with 
I'm Ki Young. I speak about these struggles for Samsung. This is someone that has actually been able to do a solid job with Kia. He had a 626 ERA last year, which is not good, but he wound up closing out this, the season on a flurry. In the last 10 appearances that he made, right around a 435 ERA, and this is someone that he's given up three earned runs or fewer in just one out of his last 10 appearances. Now, he is going to give up some contact. This is someone that's given up at least six hits in each of his last five appearances. Not necessarily a high strikeout guy, but what he does a good job of is command. Four walks in his last four starts. That is something that I do like. The Samsung Lions, they certainly have been struggling to put runs up on the board, so that is something that you do want to note. We did see the Tyler Saladino home run, but it's just very unreliable as to what you're going to be getting out of him in general. And when you take a look at the Samsung Lions, this is a team that has scored three runs or fewer in all but one of their games so far this year. So it certainly has been a little bit of a horse apiece situation. I do think that Kia is going to be able to get things going because when you take a look at Kia, they've really been let down by the fact that they're infield fielding has not been the best to say the least, but what you do like about this team is that Preston Tucker is one of the better cleanup hitters that you're going to find. Last year when he was with the Kia Tigers, hit 311, does a good job of being able to draw some walks. Not necessarily much of a power guy. Nine home runs last year, but he certainly did a very good job of just being able to find a way on. That is really going to help out this Kia team. Now with Kia, this is not a bunch of guys that they're going to wind up going yard a whole bunch of times, but we are seeing with Samsung from everything I've been hearing from the broadcast, the ball flies a little bit differently when Samsung is home rather than at other ballparks, which I do find to be very fascinating. And I do think that Simeon Bin is in for a little bit more of a good season this year. This is someone that wound up hitting 292 last year with the Kia Tigers, and he has hit at least 281 in every single one of his seasons with the Kia Tigers ever since 2009. So he is one of the best stalwarts that you're going to find out there in the KBO. I do like that about the SEMA with Samsung. You just can't rely on a lot of these guys from game to game. I did mention Tyler Saladino. Ku Zhang Wook is someone that was able to give the team two RBI yesterday, but he's a little bit of a feast or famine guy. He wound up hitting 15 plus home runs each of the last three years, but he saw a little bit of a dip when it came to his production towards the end of last year. He has been very hit or miss so far this year, so I do think that this is a spot in which Samsung is going to have a little bit of a tough time figuring out a starter that has been coming on strong for them, and I just don't have a lot of faith in the Samsung team. I think that Kia is going to be able to do a better job in the field. I don't think that they're going to give the same defensive effort that they gave Gagion yesterday. So for that reason, we are going to be taking the Kia Tigers. I think that this is a spot in which both starters are going to wind up giving up some runs. But I think that in this spot, Won Tae-in, he is in for a long day. And with Samsung having to get four innings out of the bullpen yesterday, they are going to be a little bit gassed. So we're going to be taking the over, and we are going to be taking the Kia Tigers in this spot. We move on to 304-603, 304-604. The NC Dinos are going to be playing mostly LG Twins. The Twins find themselves anywhere between even money and plus 115 underdogs. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the Dinos, you are going to be laying anywhere between minus 120 and minus 140. Total on this game at Circa is 9.5. The under is juice of even. The over is minus 120. We are seeing quite a bit of 110 on both sides as well. Speaking of shopping for lines as well, you want to be doing that here because when you take a look at five dimes right now, they've got this total of 10 over and under both at minus 110 juice. And this is a spot in which I'm going to continue to ride the NC Dinos. They have gotten off to a very nice 4-0 start. They've led the league in home runs last season, and they are doing a very good job of being able to tear up the league. Aaron Altair, who was all terrible for the Philadelphia Phillies and also the New York Mets and the San Francisco Giants last year when he was out there in the States. He has actually been able to do a solid job for NC, so I do like what he's able to bring to the table. He's already got a home run up there on the board. And with this pitching matchup for the Dinos, you've got Kim Young Gayu going for the Dinos. Meanwhile, Lim Ching Gyu is going to be going for the Twins. You've got a bunch of goos going in this one, and both of these guys wound up not having such great 2019 seasons. For Cheng Gu, for the Twins, he wound up having a 3 and 5 record, 497 ERA, did not necessarily close out the season the best. In the two starts that he had, not against KT. In August and September, he had an ERA north of six, so he certainly was giving up a whole bunch of runs. He was just getting torched left and right. There was a stretch in the middle of August in which he gave up seven plus hits in four straight outings. This is a guy that he does give up quite a bit of hard contact. Actually, a good strikeout pitcher as well. He is a guy that's going to be able to fan a couple, but he also doesn't necessarily give great length as well. He had 30 total appearances, 13 starts last year, and only 88 and two-thirds innings to show for it, so it's going to be probably a little bit of a bullpen game for LG, a bullpen in 
which just got completely dismantled because they expected Tyler Wilson to give them a very good start Friday morning. That clearly was not the case. And then Mr. Young Gayu for the Dinos. He wound up having a 5-4 and four record last year, but a 529 ERA. That's a little bit deceiving, though, because he actually came on very strong towards the end of the 2019 season. A 295 ERA over the course of his last five appearances. Now, I will say this as well. He is actually a converted reliever turned starter. He actually ended the 2019 season with a complete game shutout over this very same LG team. He wound up seeing 30 total appearances during the 2019 season, only 10 starts. He really didn't give the team great length until that final start in September, which he was able to pitch that shutout against LG. So I do think that this might be a little bit more of a bullpen game but with LG, you just don't know what you're going to be able to get from this team from game to game. Now, what I really like from this bunch is the fact that they were able to put up a couple runs on this team yesterday, and you've got to like the fact that Mr. Roberto Ramos has been able to hit 438 so far this year. He has yet to leave the building, but he certainly has been able to give a little bit of pop in the middle of the lineup for LG, but with that said, when you take a look at the rest of this lineup, you just don't know what you're going to get from them game to game, because with LG, over their first four games of the season, they have put up two, two, three, and five runs, so it's been a little bit dormant. Meanwhile, with the Dinos, they have just been absolutely lighting it up. They have scored at least four runs in every one of their games so far this season. I believe that they're leading the league in regards to runs, so they've been able to do a great job there. Park Min Woo is a guy that has hit at least 320 in pretty much each of his last five years out in the KBO. He does a great job of being able to get on base. Now that you've got guys like Altair that are able to hit home runs, and the other guy that really goes under the radar in just a completely loaded lineup. One of the better veterans that you're going to find and a good hitting catcher in Yang Yi He is hitting right now for the year 312. He has hit at least 350 each of the past two years out in the KBO and he's hit at least 20 home runs in four of the team's last five years. Considering it's a 144 game schedule with a little bit of a D-juice ball that is very significant with the Dinos. They've also been able to do a very solid job with the bullpen. They do a great job of not having their guys go really more than one inning with LG having spent a lot of their bullpen yesterday. I do think that the Dinos should be able to get the job done. I do think that we are going to see a solid pitching performance from Young Jiu for the NC Dinos. So for that reason, I am going to be riding the under of 10 in this spot. At 9.5, I will be looking at the under as well. I encourage you guys to try to get a little bit of better juice if you're going to take 9.5, but certainly at 10 all day on the under, and I am laying the juice here with the Dinos. We move on to 304, 605, 304, 606. The Kiwoom Heroes are going to be playing us to the Hanwha Eagles. The Eagles are finding themselves anywhere between plus 145 and plus 160 underdogs. Heroes are laying anywhere between minus 180 and minus 200. Your total on this game, as we're seeing it, at circa is 9, but you do want to note the juice in this one. It started out at minus 115 on the over. It is now up to minus 125, which means that the under is now at plus 105. And at a lot of books, you're going to find a little bit of a different line, because if you take a look at our good buddies at 5 dimes, right now the total on this game is 9.5. The over is just a minus 115. The under is just a minus 105. So you certainly have a little bit of a range there, which is why I do encourage you guys to be using multiple books when you are looking to bet on the KBO. But with that said, what I really like about this game is the fact that the Eagles have a little bit of a puncher's chance of being able to hang in this game because I just do not like the fact that the heroes are giving Han Hung Hee the start in this one. He wound up not starting a single game during the 2019 season. Had one of his best seasons ever really since 2014 coming out of the bullpen when he was starter. He was a little bit of a failed starter, so you gotta think that with the heroes, they're gonna be going with a bullpen game. I just don't think that Hun Hee is really going to be stretched out and he's going to be able to give the team a whole lot of innings. And then when you take a look at the other side, Kim E. Wan, he is going to be getting the start for the Eagles. And this is someone that I think is being a little bit undervalued. He had a 426 ERA during the 2019 season, a little bit of a 19-year-old fireballer. And what you've really got to like about him is the fact that he does a good job of keeping the ball in the yard. He wound up seeing 11 games last year, eight starts, and he wound up only give it up two home runs. So you've got to like that about him. Now his command is not necessarily the best. He wound up having 21 walks, only 15 strikeouts. No question. He's going to need to do a little bit of a better job there. And this is certainly someone that towards the beginning of his career was not giving great lengths, but towards the end of the 2019 season, he was going a little bit more of the five innings consistently. This is going to be big for the Eagles because they want him not necessarily having to use a ton of bullpen arms. So they're going to be a little bit more fresh than you might have expected 
expected when they were going against Kiwoom. They were able to get that nice 7th inning, so they were able to save a couple arms with that regard. And then when you take a look at Hanwha, this is a team that has been struggling a little bit with the bats, but I think that Han Young-hee and having to go up against pretty much a bullpen game is really going to be helping out this team. And with the Eagles, what else you have to like about this team is that there actually has been a little bit of consistency with them. They've scored at least three runs in three out of their first four games. They're not a team that they're going to light the world on fire, but at the same time, they're not going to give you too much of a clunker either. They have given up at least four runs in each other last three games. And the Heroes, this is a team that has the 2019 league leader in home runs on their roster in Byung-ho Park. Ho Park wound up going deep 33 times last season. He actually spent a little bit of time with the Minnesota Twins and this is someone that before the ball was dejuiced, he was a man possessed. 2014, 2015, 2018. All the years in which you saw a non-juice ball out there in the KBO. That is pretty much all the years prior to 2019, his most recent years. At least 43 home runs and 112 RBI in every one of them. Keep in mind, 144 game season. This is someone that does a good job of being able to put back to ball. So, I do think that we are going to be able to see a couple runs with that regard, but a little bit of a sneaky under-the-radar guy is Jared Hoying. He wound up batting 284 for the Eagles last year, but this is someone that he's got some pop in the bat. 48 total home runs in his first two years in the KBO. He's gotten off to a little bit of a rough start. He's been hitting a buck 88 so far this year, but... I do think that this could be a bit of a slump-busting game for this team, and I just am not very bullish on the American player that the Kiwoom Heroes are trotting out there, Taylor Motter. I remember watching this guy with the Seattle Mariners during the 2016. The only reason why people liked him was because of the hair. Let's be honest here. He's batting 200 right now with the Heroes. He never really materialized in the MLB. I just don't think that he is going to be that presence that is going to be able to push the Heroes over the top. I don't think that he is out there for his bat. I think he's out there a little bit more for his glove, and I do think that the Eagles are going to be able to make some hard contact. I think that this is going to be a massive bullpen game for the Heroes, and the fact that they wound up giving up three runs in the seventh inning was a little bit of a deficit to them. I do think that Hanwha is going to get the job done as an underdog, and I think that this is really the game in which their offense is going to be able to bust out, and I think that they're going to be able to get five plus up there on the board. So we're going to be taking the plus price here with the Eagles, and we're going to be taking this total over as well. We move on to 304, 607, 304, 608. The Lote Giants are going to be playing out to the SKY Verns. The Verns find themselves anywhere between minus 140 and minus 155 favorites. Meanwhile, if you're looking at the Lotte Giants, you're going to be finding them mostly between plus 120, plus 130 as I'm doing this podcast. And total on this game is 10 over at most offshore books with the juice at minus 110 both ways. And you're seeing that at Circa as well. So it seems like this total is really settling in at 10. And I think that this is something that is very warranted with regards to the total. But I do think that they are maybe undervalued the pitchers for the SK Wyverns. They wound up gas canning the game yesterday, but they actually have one of the better bullpens out there in the KBO, and it is going to be Kim Tae-hoon who's going to be going for the team. Meanwhile, with the Lotte Giants, Jang-hoon Sam is going to be getting the start, and Mr. Hoon Sam is someone that has not necessarily been great in the most recent couple years. Ever since the year 2015, he has had an ERA of a 5-6 or greater in every one of his seasons. This is someone that actually doesn't give up a whole lot of hard contact, but the problem with him is that he has a little bit of a walks problem. He just is incapable of getting strikeouts as well. 27 strikeouts in 38 innings. Now, the KBO is not necessarily a league in which you're going to find a whole bunch of strikeouts or anything like that, but with that said, still very, very pathetic, and this is someone that he wound up ending the year on the injured list slash the disabled list, whatever you want to call it. The KBO now calls it the injured list. It used to be the disabled list, so he wound up making his last start in the middle of July, so he's going to be coming in a little bit rusty. You got to think that this is going to be a little bit of a bullpen game for the Lotte Giants, and the Giants last year have one of the worst bullpens out there in the KBO, and the Giants have actually been a little bit of a Cinderella so far this year. They were dead last with regards to the KBO standings during the 2019 season. They've gotten off to this nice 4-0 start and it's really been because of the offense. They have hung at least seven runs on the board in every one of their games so far this year, but with SK, what you've got to like about this team as well is that Kim Dae-hoon has been able to do a much better job in recent years for this team. 4.30 ERA or lower in three out of his last four years. Certainly not a guy that's going to light up the radar gun, but he did wind up having 93 strikeouts during the 2018 season across 94 innings. If you're able to get about nine strikeouts per nine innings in the KBO, that's actually very, very 
good. And what you have to like about Kim Tae-hoon as well is the fact that he's not going to put overly many people on base because he does a good job with his command. He's done a nice job of being able to limit the walks in recent years. So I do think that he's going to be able to hold down the fort. Now with Tae-hoon, he's probably not going to be able to give this team a whole lot of length either. This is going to be just the 12th career start among 195 games that he's appeared in in his career. So certainly it's going to be a little bit of a bullpen game for SK. But when you take a look at SK, what you have to like as well is the fact that the offense has been able to emerge for them a little bit as well. This is a bunch that they have scored at least four runs in each of their last three games. I do think that Lote is going to be settled down a bit after they had their four home run outbursts Friday morning and you have to know Deho Lee for the Lote Giants. This is essentially like the Albert Pools of this league. He has been so great for so long. One of the all-time home run leaders out there in the KBO. 313 career home runs. He actually spent, I believe 2012 to 2016 with both Japanese leagues and then that 2000 2016 season, like I mentioned in the first segment with the Seattle Mariners. So, despite all the time that he's missed, he certainly has been a KBO stalwart, but he is getting up there a little bit in age. He's a guy that's gotten off to a good start, but I do think that he's going to wane down a little bit. Dixon Machado has been getting off to a nice start as well, but I do think that SK throwing at him a variety of different arts is going to be throwing him off a little bit, and what you do have to like for SK is the fact that Jamie Romek has been able to do a solid job the last couple years with SK. First year that he came over, only at 240 but last year was one of the league leaders with regards to being able to draw walks. 29 home runs. I believe that that was actually second in the league. He had 43 home runs the year before. He's had an average of 100 plus RBI the last two seasons as well. He has been off to a little bit of a cold start so far this year, but it seems like he's heating up a little bit more. He has yet to go yard, but I do think that that could be something that ends in this one. I think that Lote, a team that wound up having to use five different bullpen arms yesterday, is going to be a little bit tired. I think that SK is going to be able to get just enough out of their bullpen. And with SK, what you have to like as well is the fact that They've got essentially the Mariano Rivera of the league on their roster, and he's got one of the best names that you're going to find. Jay Hoon Ha, he had 36 saves in 59 innings last year, gave up one home run, does a great job of being able to keep the ball in the yard, and with SK in general, this is a team that they don't allow a lot of free passes, so I do think that they're going to be able to keep this game under control. I think that they get the job done, and I think as a result, this is a total that stays under. So we're going to be laying the number here with SK, and we are going to be taking this total under, and we wrap things up with the reigning KBO champions, the Doosan Bears, playing host to the KT Wiz, 304-609, 304-610 on the back board. The Doosan Bears opened up at some places as low as minus 150. You're seeing a lot of between minus 175 and I'm even seeing as high as minus 190 out there as well. With the KT Wiz, you're going to be getting anywhere between plus 140 and plus 160 on them. Total on this game is 9.5. The over and under at Circus Sportsbook is minus 110. I'm seeing as low as even juice on the under and I'm seeing as high as minus 115. Meanwhile, if you're taking a look at the over, I'm seeing anywhere between minus 105 and minus 120, so you do have quite a range there. And with Dusan, this is certainly a team that has been able to terrorize the league, and they've got just some good overall pitching, as in this one, they are going to be trotting out there Lee Yong-chan, and meanwhile for KT, it is going to be Kim Min. And Mr. Min, he is going to look to improve upon the 2019 season that saw him go 6-12. and 12. I will say this for Min, he did have a little bit of a good stretch towards these summer months, but then in his last few starts, he just wound up getting lit up like a Christmas Tree. This is a guy that he gives up a little bit too much hard contact. He wound up making 26 starts last year. He gave up 16 home runs in the KBO. That is actually a whole boatload of them. He's just not a guy that's going to get you a lot of strikeouts either. 150 and two-thirds innings. You only had 91 strikeouts last year. Now in the KBO, you're not going to get as many strikeouts as in most leagues, but what also compounds it as well control. 65 walks to go along with it. This is someone that's 21 years old. You can tell that he's a little bit skittish whenever he's out there. Meanwhile, with Lee Yun Chang, this is a guy that has really been able to resurrect his career. With Dusan, he was beginning his career as a little bit more of a reliever. The last two years, he's become a starter, and during the 2018 season, 15-3 and with a 3.62 ERA. The results didn't necessarily show it last year. He went 7-10, and but the ERA actually was not too bad. He wound up having a 4.07 ERA, this is someone that does a nice job of being able to keep the ball in the yard. He gives up about 0.9 home runs per nine innings, and he actually closed out the 
2019 season with a flurry. 3.23 ERA across his last nine starts. He wound up being able to give the team at least five innings in all but one of those starts as well. The only one was in late September when the team was competing for a championship. Obviously, you're going to have a little bit of a quicker hook in that sort of a setting. So I do like what Lee Yong Chang is able to bring to the table. And then when you take a look at Dusan, what else you've got to love about this team is that they can go off for runs on any given night. Now, yesterday they wound up having only just three runs in that contest, but prior to that had 14 runs in their previous two games. And Miguel Jose Fernandez led the entire KBO in hits last year with 199. He had 344. This is a guy that all he does is get on base. And then you follow him up with UJ Ill. This is someone that last year had 293. He is a very nice popper out there in the lineup. At least 21 home runs in each of the last four years for in the KBO. At least 80 RBI in every one of those seasons as well. So this is a team that they certainly have some good firepower with the Doosan Bears as well. They wound up getting some very good long relief as well because Yuhi Kwan only went four innings yesterday, but they were able to use two relievers to pretty much piecemeal together five innings. Now, Choi Won Jun and Park Shin Ji, they wound up giving up a combined seven runs, but you got to give them credit. They were able to just eat innings. That was their job, and they did so very well. And then when you take a look at the other side for KT, you just don't know what you're going to be able to get from this team from game to game. You do have Mel Rojas, and he was able to do an absolutely terrific job yesterday. He was able to go deep for this team, his first home run of the campaign. And over the last two seasons out there in the KBO, this is someone that has hit a grand total of 67 home runs. He certainly has been able to find a nice home out in Korea hitting 300 in every one of his years at that level. But with KT, it's just a little bit hit or miss as to what you're going to be able to get from this team. They certainly have been giving up the runs. They have given up at least seven runs in three out of their four games. But with that said, I do think that Dusan is going to be able to douse them a little bit because when you take a look at this KT team as well, they have scored four runs or fewer in three out of their first four games. This is a Dusan team that they are one of the best pitching teams out there in the KBO. KT had 22 hits yesterday. I do think that things are going to settle down. You just don't know what you're going to be able to get out of the bottom of the lineup. That was very good for KT yesterday. Someone like a Jang Soon Woo wound up having four hits yesterday. I just don't see that duplicating itself because this is someone that hit 262 or lower in his previous three seasons with KT. And when you take a look at KT in general, outside of Mr. Rojas, you don't necessarily have a lot of power in this lineup. You take a look at someone like a Hu Yan Jun. He had 14 home runs last season and he's batting cleanup for this team. And I think that Doosan going to do a good job of being able to keep the ball in the yard. I think that the relief pitching is going to come up big for them, and I do like that Lu Yong Chang really had a good end to the 2019 season. So for that reason, we are going to be laying the number here with the Doosan Bears, and we're going to be taking this total under as well. And that will wrap things up for the Baseball Betting Podcast on this, I guess you could call it if you're listening early, Friday evening, if you're listening early, Saturday morning. So a big thanks to all of you guys for listening and a big thanks to our good buddy with 98.5 The Sports Hub, Matt McCarthy, for joining me in the second segment. Hopefully you guys are enjoying what you're hearing. If you ever have a question that you'd like answered on the podcast, fire it into my timeline at GRS41. And if you do like what you're hearing from this fine podcast, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Hopefully you guys are all safe, healthy, and doing well. And I'll be breaking out the KBO betting board once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in.